Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Peter, and I'm the Senior Minister of St Alfred's. Let us pray as we think about what we're doing here tonight. Dear God in heaven, we thank you that you sent Jesus, born as a baby, into our world. Thank you that we gather here tonight to celebrate that great truth. Help us each to learn what you want us to learn from this, to live our lives in honour of him. And we pray that you would teach us tonight, encourage us, help us to lift our minds and hearts to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we've just been singing about angels. Angels who are singing themselves in the night sky. And it makes a lovely Christmas carol, lovely Christmas card. But who believes it? Rather impossible, isn't it, don't you think? I mean, the very idea of angels is outside most of our, our realities. I won't ask for a show of hands, but I wonder how many people have ever encountered an angel, let alone a whole chorus of them singing in the sky. It's impossible. And I want to reflect a little bit tonight on some of the impossibilities in the Christmas story. Recently, I read this statement. The impossible is possible if you believe it to be. The impossible is possible if you believe it to be. Now, what do you think? Is that true? I read this line, that particular line, at the end of an article by a young professional man who had given up a well-paid job and a life of security to travel the world with a girl that he'd only met six months earlier. So he gave up his very well-paid job, his life in the suburbs, he had a prior relationship that was heading towards marriage. He gave all that up because he felt boxed in by life and he needed a change. He felt his life was too predictable, too safe, and he wanted some adventure, some risk. And so he writes this article encouraging people to take risks and he finishes his article like this. He says, you have to challenge the belief that you have to work your whole life before you can travel and relax because life is here and then it's not. The impossible is possible if you believe it to be, end of quote. Now, I understand this young man's point. He is advising us that life is short. You have to enjoy it. You have to take some risks. You have to enjoy the adventure before it's too late. And sometimes you do get bogged down in life, don't you? Life has a way of sort of constraining us. And it might seem impossible to break out of whatever you're doing. I get that. But what he's saying is not actually impossible. It might seem that way, but it actually isn't impossible to resign your job, buy a ticket, go overseas, start a new relationship. It might take some planning, and it definitely takes some courage, but it's not impossible. I suspect some people here tonight have done things like this. 
But when we talk about a young woman, a teenager, becoming pregnant through the Holy Spirit, somehow implanting in her the beginnings of a new life, and then this teenage virgin gives birth to the Son of God, now that's impossible. Surely that's in a different category. And it's so impossible that many people don't believe it. It's so impossible that many people who do believe it don't live as if they believe it. And many people who believe it forget how impossible it is and take it all for granted. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are remembering that first Christmas and we're remembering events that are extraordinary, miraculous, impossible. This is not a story of myths and fairy tales. You don't have to step through the back of a wardrobe into some sort of mythical Narnia land like the kids did. We don't have to go to a land of make-believe. In fact, we don't have to go anywhere. We get to stay in our world and God comes to us. It's a story of heaven's love reaching down to save the world, which are words from a song that will be played to you at the conclusion of my sermon. So I want us to think tonight about two seemingly impossible things that are happening in this Christmas story that you may not believe, or if you do, you may be at risk of taking for granted. The first impossibility is that God comes to earth. Now, what do you think of when I say the word God? I grew up Roman Catholic, and in my childhood, I thought of God as a scary person who lived a long way away, but somehow, even though he lived a long way away, he still seemed to know when I had done something wrong. God was very distant, and yet was somehow keeping tabs on me personally. Now that was both very scary and very annoying. Like a parent who knows when you've been secretly eating the ice cream while they've been out at work, and they come home and find out. God was someone scary. Now if people believe in God, they might think of God with these sorts of words. Distant, transcendent, otherworldly, supernatural, big, beyond, mysterious, ethereal, unknowable. God can be in another dimension, another time scale. God lives beyond the black holes in space, beyond the reach of the TARDIS or the USS Enterprise. That's what people might think about God. Way, way out there, if he exists at all. And yet the Bible says that this distant God came to earth. About 2,000 years ago, one starlit night, a miracle with no precedent in human history occurred. God entered time and space. God came to earth. 
God came to earth. That's miraculous, isn't it? It's extraordinary. The distant becomes near, the other becomes us. The supernatural takes on our nature. The unknowable becomes knowable in a baby. Now everything that Jesus does and says points to him being divine, being God. For example, he heals the sick, he casts out demons, he forgives sin, something only God can do. He then claims an intimacy with God that nobody else does. So he says things like, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Things that really annoyed the Jews, because you don't say things like that. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus is called Lord, a title that points to his divinity as ruler and judge of all. Mary, this teenage girl, is told that this baby is going to bring in a kingdom that will never end. Now, everybody's kingdom ends. We're all busy building our little kingdoms, but they'll all come to an end someday. We'll all die, and our kingdom will end. But somehow with this baby, no. His kingdom will go on forever, and only God can do that. So this is God come to earth. God incarnate, God enfleshed, God with us. So please let us not miss this first extraordinary truth, this seeming impossibility that God from way out there comes into our reality. Now the second impossibility is that God becomes a human. Not only does God come to earth, he comes to earth as a human. Now this is pretty mind-blowing. So centuries before this happened, God gave a prophecy to one of the Old Testament prophets called Isaiah. We had it in our first reading tonight. Because it takes a while for you to get your head around God becoming a baby. So God decides to give the people of Israel eight centuries to think about it. Now folks, if you're gonna think about this, let me warn you, you will not have eight centuries. So you need to think a bit quicker than that. So God tells this prophet, Isaiah, there will come a time when something very strange and miraculous is going to happen. And Isaiah expresses it in words that you've heard probably every Christmas Eve, every Christmas day. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And who is this child? Well, he has these wonderful titles that describe his identity. This child will be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. This little baby is mighty God. Extraordinary. Now just imagine for a moment, you are God. Okay, let's just have a corporate moment of delusion. You'll all enjoy this exercise. You are God. 
You're the head honcho, the CEO of the universe. The buck stops with you, but you get all the fun. You're the boss. So you're, you're God. And you want to let the people down there know how important you are. You want to let people know that you exist because there's a risk that they've forgotten that you're, you created everything. There's a risk they don't feel grateful for everything you're doing. A bit like parents, really, isn't it? You know, so you're God and you want to communicate to people. How might you do it? Now, remember you're God, so you can do it any way you like. You could write it in the sky. Hi, I'm still here. You could send thunder and lightning and earthquakes. You could speak to people in their dreams. You could have decided to create smartphones and Twitter 2,000 years ago and tweeted to everybody in 140 characters or less. I exist. Hi, I'm around. Tweet something back to me. God could have done it any way he wanted. So why does he come as a baby? Well, he comes as a baby because he sends his son to save us and not to scare us. No one's scared of a baby. Many people are scared of God or they're wary and cautious about God, not sure what to make of God. But no one's scared of a baby. Now, if God had come in thunder and lightning and tsunamis and earthquakes and all of that, he would have actually scared us. We would have run a mile. But nobody's afraid of a baby. God had to come in a way that we could understand. You see, if God wanted to communicate with birds, he would have come as a bird. If he'd wanted to communicate with fish, he would have come as a fish. If he'd wanted to communicate with baboons, he would have come as a baboon. But he wanted to communicate with you and me. So he comes in exactly the same way that we all come into the world. The Bible says that Jesus was just like us in all all ways, in all facets, truly human. For example, he started life as a baby, grew to be a boy, grew to be a man. He ate, he was hungry, he slept, he worked, he even paid tax. He knew what it was like to be loved and to be hated. He faced spiritual and physical temptation. He was tired and he knew what it was like to be alone. He had problems and pressures in life, as we all do. So folks, tonight, no matter what you are going through, no matter what is happening in your life, no matter what you're going to after this Christmas service or this coming week, God understands what is going on because Jesus was fully human. He experienced what it meant to be human. He knows intimately all of those feelings and all of your life. He knows what it's like to suffer. He knows what it's like to suffer more than most of us will ever suffer. He's experienced rejection and criticism. He knows real pain. He knows what it's like to be you. So here's the good news about Christmas. God came to earth 
seemingly impossible. God became human, seemingly impossible. But he did that so that he would understand us and we could understand him. This huge gulf between humans and God was now bridged by Jesus. And you can get to know God by getting to know Jesus. Not just here at Christmas time, but right throughout the rest of your lives. The angel Gabriel tells Mary, nothing is impossible for God. You don't have to live in ignorance anymore about what God is like or who he is, because God has become human to tell us and show us, this is what I'm like. If you are here tonight and you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, get to know Jesus. It would be impossible for you to discover God on your own. You would get lost in the labyrinth of religious possibilities that are out there. You will never find God on your own. So God knows that and he says, I will do the hard work for you. Instead of you finding me, I will find you. He comes into our world as a baby. So tonight we're celebrating two impossibilities, that God comes to earth and that God becomes human. But there is a third impossibility, and it doesn't have anything much to do with the Christmas story, and it has everything to do with you. The third impossibility is that I cannot convince you of the truth of what I'm saying. I just don't have that power. If you've come tonight and you are determined to reject God, then you can do it, and I can't stop you. It's impossible for me, but it's not impossible for God. The fact that you're here tonight is no accident. So I'm going to presume that you are at least open to the possibility that God exists and that Jesus is the Son of God, and that he has come into our earth to live and die and rise again for the salvation of every man, woman, and child. I'm going to take it for granted you're at least open to that possibility. Many people go through life regretting the past, worrying about the future, and wasting the present. And Jesus says, I can forgive the past. I'll walk with you into the future, and in the present, I will give you meaning and purpose. You don't have to waste the rest of your life. With Jesus, you will find everything that you need for life. You will find meaning and purpose, direction and love and peace and certainty. Wouldn't it be a tragedy to miss out on all those good things because you are so determined to reject God's goodness to you? So God comes to you again tonight and to all of us. If you're willing and open-hearted to welcome Jesus, perhaps for the first time, or maybe for a renewed time, a second time, a 50th time, then I just want to suggest a couple of things to do over the next little while. If you're not yet a Christian and would like to follow this up, let me suggest that you take a little booklet that I've put in the foyer, it's called, So This Is Christmas. It's written in very easy language, 
And it tells the story about Christmas and about Jesus and gives you a lot more to think about than I've been able to do tonight. I bought those a little while ago. They're my present to you. They'll be near the door as you leave. Feel free to take one for yourself. Or if you have someone that you're talking to about the Christian faith, you might like to take one for them. Second thing I'd like to suggest is find a church that will teach you more about Jesus. If you live in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, you're very welcome to come to this church. This coming 12 months, we'll be spending a year trying to teach people about Jesus. And over the summer, we're going to start a preaching series from one of the early gospels called Mark, explaining who Jesus is. So if you're around for the summer, you're welcome to come on Sundays. If you're not from this area, you're from another part of Melbourne or far further afield, then find a church near you. But make sure it's the sort of church that will help you learn about Jesus. And the third thing I could suggest is you've come here tonight with someone or someones, talk to them. If you'd like to talk to me or Jordan, who's leading the service, I'll be near the door some stage after the end of the service. Come and find me. I'll be more than happy to talk to you. If you'd like someone to pray with, feel free to come up at the end of the service and we'd be delighted to talk to you and pray with you. Now, we're going to have a moment to reflect as the music team um, plays a musical item entitled, Here With Us. It's a song that talks about what I've been talking about, that God came on earth to be with us. And in it, you'll hear the words, Hallelujah, Son of God, Servant King, here with us, here with us. He didn't just come on that first Christmas, He's here tonight and he can be here with you every day of the rest of your life if you want that to be the truth for you. Let me pray and then the music team will lead us as we reflect. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you didn't leave us alone, didn't leave us in ignorance, but you came to the earth, came to our earth, came into our lives took on flesh as a baby, grew to be a man, lived and died that horrible death on the cross for our salvation, our healing, our reconciliation. God, we thank you that you don't stay distant from us, but you come and get to know us. You want to be in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray for all these dear people here tonight, men and women, boys and girls. Lord, you know what stage of life they're in. You know what's in their hearts. You know their concerns and their struggles. You know their doubts and their perplexities. So Lord, by your Holy Spirit, please work in each of our hearts. Help us, treat us gently, but open our hearts to who you are and help us to respond in love and gratitude for what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.